Hello, and welcome to the MCAP Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today we are joined in studio by Sage Wynn, the one of the co-founder, right? Co-founder, yeah. One of the co-founders yep. of Wander... A, we're calling it a hemp company. Okay. <laughs> we keep on changing our name. Okay, so Wander Hemp Company? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, although I still I feel like even a lot of people wouldn't know what hemp means either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you doing all any kind of like other hemp products or mainly just CBD derived from hemp? So we did that mostly because, which we can get into a little later, is because um, just the cannabinoid and aromatic compounds and hemp um and cannabis in general there's we don't even know how many yet so um we wanted to not like constrain ourselves just okay. to cbd and we so wanted like, to expand the scope of, so like as research develops and yeah. more discoveries are made you know? yeah like like there's probably like four or five new cannabinoids that are like commercially viable that we're looking into right now okay so, and they're all really interesting because they're not all the same thing. They have all these different effects, which is like one of the cool things about playing around with this plant so much is you have the ability to kind of like tune the plant to each person That's, and their needs. <laughs> so there's, I, I, I think the amount of uh, knowledge I lack in uh, hemp and cannabinoids in general is unlimited. Yeah, so. it trust me, you're you're nowhere close. <laughs> Just about everyone, even people in the industry too. I mean, like a lot of the, the conversations, like inside the industry, even with like people who have done the kind of thing that I do, which is run extraction labs and kind of look into product research and what's coming next and what's coming down the road. I mean, there's still a lot of like education going on where people are trying to like find that kind of like foundational knowledge. Okay. Um, so as I was saying beforehand, let's just handle this. Like, So in case um, anyone hasn't noticed, this is a little bit different than a normal episode. We're not talking about uh, craft alcohol. Uh, we're going to learn about CBD today. Um, a lot of the reason why, selfishly, is I want to learn about CBD. <laughs> so I, I hope that all of you want to also. Um but first, just tell us a little bit about your background, Sage. Where, where did you grow up? What, what other thing? I'm sure you, your first job wasn't um, a CBD producer. Yeah. So um, I have an interesting kind of journey to get to this point. Um, so about 10 years ago, um, I moved out to Santa Barbara. I grew up in Frederick, Maryland, which is one of the reasons why Wander is based here. But um I uh, moved out to Santa Barbara, California, and I was playing rugby and kind of getting ready to to have a go at going professional. Um, and while I was out there, I kind of ran into the cannabis industry in its, like, I wouldn't say infant stage, but, like, in its, like, old school California stage where it was, like, always in a gray area. And... <laughs> And you, whenever you met someone who was in the industry, like they were in the industry, but also doing something else at the same time. So, um, and how I got introduced to it was, um, 
like the old school version of like what extracts were, which were like done kind of like in a very crude way. Um, normally like on a farm, not in like a like fancy lab of any sort. Um, and from there, I mean, it just, you know, sparked the interest of like, what is this? What can it be? Um, cause I've always been really interested in the plant in general. Um, and then kind of like fast forward a few years, um, I worked in high end kitchens, you like standard tasting menu and, um, all around the country in San Francisco, New York, DC, baked bread, worked on like biodynamic, like high end vegetable farms, was a whole animal butcher for a while and charcuterie. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, did whole animal butchery and whole fish butchery at a Woodbury Kitchen, which some of your listen- listeners might uh, know. I've definitely kind of heard of that before. Yeah, it's what? a it's like a really intense farm-to-table restaurant in Baltimore. What? Okay. Yeah. I think I think they might have beer dinners there also. Yeah, they do. Okay. They do a lot of, like, really cool local stuff. So. All right. That's, that's definitely where I've seen the ne- name then because I've seen – beer dinners advertised for there yeah yeah it's a really cool little restaurant um but um so kind of like uh that was like the next six years of my life and then um kind of still involved in the industry at the same time like especially when i was out in san francisco because you're like right there to the silicon valley of cannabis if you will um (laughs) (laughs) which is humboldt um for those who don't know um Humboldt and the Emerald Triangle. Um, Which anyone with Netflix may recognize oh, yeah. that name from Murder yeah. Mountain. Murder Mountain. <laughs> Definitely doesn't give the good, yeah. good name to it. Most of the time, it's a bunch of like harmless um, old hippie types who are, you know, growing with Mother Nature and on the spring equinox and stuff like that. Yeah. I but there, there are those types of fellows out there, which is why it kind of got the name that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I only have made it a few episodes into the first season where it hasn't gotten murdery yet. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I haven't seen like, it's just like a lot of people talking like how bad it can be. So I assume yeah. at some point there's like a more of a crescendo of, yeah. of things happening, but it, it hasn't, the show hasn't gotten murdery yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting series. I watched, I think I only made it through the first few episodes too. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) um, but, um, yeah, just to get back to, um, so after I kind of got out of, um, working in these high end kitchens and the next logical step for me was to like either open a restaurant over some kind of business or kind of like go into like the really high end part of it, which would be like, one of the better Michelin star restaurants in the country. Um, but I chose to um, experiment with opening a restaurant and I just found that I wasn't ready to like commit to that yet. And so I was looking for another career path and all of a sudden like it, cannabis had blown up across the country and I was like one of the few people out there who's like actually extracted cannabis using solvents and stuff before. So I ended up um, getting a, a role with a company called Holistic Industries. Um, people out there might know the consumer-facing brand called Liberty. And what I did with them is I was their first uh, lab director. Um, 
I worked closely with the CSO and basically me and him developed a lot of the original products for the company and did a lot of the training of all the lab managers. That company since blew up. I was I was one of their their first employees and the company went up went and blew up to like I think they're in like 10 states now. Oh, wow. Three different countries. So Hopefully you have some stock. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> um, closely held private company, okay. which is very common in the, the canvas space. Um, uh, can it? Well, I mean, I guess they have to have, because I've definitely seen where like big tobacco companies have invested mm-hmm. in cannabis so that there's got to be. There's, there's a couple privately uh, or publicly traded cannabis companies. Um, but until kind of like recently, most of them were like very closely privately held. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering if it, is it even I, – I, I, my assumption would be that they couldn't – that wouldn't be legal for them to be publicly traded because it's a federally uh, governed system. Yeah. So the, um, the main technique that some of these companies were using for a while is called uh, – I think it's like a reverse takeover or something where they buy out a Canadian like company that hasn't done anything in a while. Oh, okay. They list on the Canadian stock exchange and then from there like – there's always a way. <laughs> That's when it gets super yeah. financial and confusing. <laughs> you hire the right lawyer, there's always a way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone can invent something. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean... Um, so were, were you ever... Did you go to school for culinary... Uh, or for any of the things you've done, or were you just all self-taught and learned from experience? So a lot of um, um, with the culinary and with the 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 cannabis chemistry stuff. I mean, a lot of it's it's all essentially self-taught. I mean, I was fortunate enough to like end up in good situations where I had people who could teach me the things that I didn't know or was missing or whatever. And <clears throat> And one of the cool things about that was it's like I, from going through all those experiences, I always had like a different perspective in the kitchen or like in the lab when I was developing products and like just thinking about it differently because like a lot of the people who run labs now are either from like pharmaceutical bar backgrounds or um, they're from more of like the a classical approach the linear like stem science approach to you know that kind of uh work which you know they don't have the experience of like you know getting out there and smelling the the flowers and kind of like being able to like reconstruct that in a product that's not just flower so um we're gonna take a real quick break for a commercial um we'll come right back get a little bit because I, I feel like we're not quite to wander yet mm-hmm. um so we'll, we'll get back into your background story and then hear uh the origins of wander yeah. uncapped is brought to you by one of frederick's original maryland craft beer destinations located off of urbana pike featuring a warm inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, 
and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. All right, so then what did you do after that? So you, you were working for, I forgot the name of the company already. Uh, it's Liberty Holis, was Hol- the product. Yeah, right? Liberty. Yeah. Liberty. They have a dispensary down in Rockville. But, um, so basically, I became really well-versed in kind of all the different concepts in botanical extraction, which is, you know, cannabis extraction technologies, which are, it's, some of the parts are like really similar to distilling. It's actually. I was, I was going to ask you that because I yeah. thought I'd seen or heard that at some point that it, that you could use a still kind of to. Yeah. So our, the cannabis version of a still is, is called molecular distillation. Okay. Which you distill on boiling point, which is exactly what a still does. Um, it's just a little more controlled via a couple of different mechanisms. Um, and then you have like vacuum pumps and heaters and coolers and that kind of thing. Um, so it's like a slightly more complicated still. Okay. They don't, they don't look as pretty as stills though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I learned all the different techniques, which there's four major techniques, um, using different kinds of solvents and then there's co2 which is some people call it a solvent some people don't depends on who you ask and then there's solvent list which is really cool because it's like you're juicing cannabis in a way um it's called rosin um um, but um but from there i also did a lot of product development and became versed in that because like because it's such a young industry, you get to do a lot of different stuff and the technology is progressing so fast. Like I remember buying like a fairly expensive machine, the extraction piece of uh, equipment for the company in, you know, not even like a month and a half later, new version came out and I'd like ended up calling my, my guy who had bought it from, I was like, Hey, you couldn't have just like told me to hold off and get the new <laughs> gear. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, I didn't even know about it until two weeks after you <laughs> bought it, so sorry. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and from that experience, I mean, like, you get so much exposure to, you know, whether it's, like, different strains or all the different techniques. And we were building out labs, and, like, because all the state's rules are different, all the labs were slightly different because they had to conform Work to... Work within whatever the... The, what was legal in that, yeah. that state. And even the products, you have to design products where they're like up in Massachusetts, um, edibles had to be five milligrams or less um, per like individually wrapped package. So you had to redesign edibles that we had already created for the that specific market, Okay, which isn't a big deal. But if you just like start layering all those changes on top of each other, you can just imagine how how maddening it can get <laughs> yeah like the, the number of skews that you have to <laughs> create yeah, they, and you have to create new sops and then you have to get them cleared by the state and then go through like the regulatory procedures make sure the labels are up to the state regulators specific needs and change it down south and in dc and you know so um <clears throat> so that I, I i was just super stoked on on all that experience and that kind of brings me to when we me and uh the uh other partners decided to create wander and it was kind of like a couple different factors involved with that one i'm kind of entrepreneurial at heart i really enjoy 
um, being able to create things in kind of like the way that I see them, whereas like for another company, I'm creating something for someone else's vision, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's one factor. The next factor is hemp is was six months away from being officially passed and though that building really gained traction until three months after we decided to really go after it, um, we knew it was just a matter of time. I mean, like, just in general, federal legalization is, you know, right around the corner. I mean, some people say it's a year, some people say it's longer, but... So is hemp uh, federally legalized, or is it just in Maryland that it was legalized? Federally. Okay. Yeah. The 2018 hemp bill... Um, legalized uh, cannabis sativa in all of its constituents, and then underneath it says it can't exceed, I'm paraphrasing here, it can't exceed 0.3% THC by volume. Okay. Um, So that's kind of, so essentially THC is what is illegal now. Okay. It's still a Schedule 1 drug and all that, so. So you can grow, well, so is hemp, considered cannabis hemp is, is direct, hemping is hemp and marijuana are the same thing the same okay point. it's both cannabis sativa it's basically the best analogy i found to like illustrate a difference is it's like heirloom tomatoes you know you have like cherry tomatoes and then you have like the big striped beautiful ones and then you have like your roma tomatoes well, those are genetic differences okay and hemp is a genetically different version of your standard THC, high THC cannabis plant. Oh, okay. I'd say I'd, I thought it was a completely different, like that they were related, but a completely different plant. Yeah. It's, it's really cool because the genetic differences don't stop there. It's like the plant of a thousand uses. I mean, there's now, you know, a few different products that people are creating, one being fiber. And fiber is the same plant as, as, you know, your your cannabis plant that you see it illustrated everywhere, but it grows like bamboo and it's like super tall, grow up to like 22 feet tall, but it's the same genetic plant. Okay. So it'll even look physically completely different depending yeah. on how it's been. That's really cool too. Yeah, Is, are there other plants? I mean, there's gotta be other plants like that also, but well, I it's can't kinda, think of any. <laughs> it's, well, it's like, if you think about it, it's like corn, you know, corn started as like a, uh, grass that didn't have like that the huge kernels of corn that mm-hmm. we see today years of corn it, they used to be like very tiny but oh, they were just that. bred over time and then you know turns into like what we want it to turn into which for the last like hundred years for especially out in california is high thc like super smelly plants but back you know <clears throat> Like 300 years ago, when when the founding farmers, founding fathers were here, I mean, they were growing that that same variety of hemp that I just described to you, the long bamboo type. Okay. Um, so I mean, it it it's been cultivated in a zillion different ways and a zillion different places too. So the the bamboo looking one does that does that have no THC in it then, or does it, it depend on how it was? So it'll have trace amounts. Okay. Trace amounts, um, <clears throat> not enough to like, like get you stoned in any capacity at all. But it just enough to <laughs> fail a test. <laughs> Maybe not even okay. that. 
I mean, that stuff, you don't really, like, want to smoke. It'll have, like, tiny little buds on it. Okay. Um, this will still be there, but it's mostly grown for its stalk because it has the strongest tensile strength as a fiber of any plant known to man, I think. I've def- I definitely remember, like, in high school, uh, forever ago, uh, my pothead friends who would always want to talk about how hemp should be legal because of clothes and things and stuff. And they would always say, like, mm-hmm. rope is so much stronger if it's made out of hemp. Yeah. Yeah, there's a point in time, I think it was the mid-1700s, when hemp fiber or rope that was made from hemp fiber was, was like, the most in-demand um, – Rope for for uh, navy vessels, okay, because mm. of the strength and because because it just didn't break and, and it was durable. I think we're going to see in the textile industry that a lot of companies are going to start to adopt hemp, and then once the there's like a critical mass of the scale of the industry, then you're going to see some companies adopt that as like their their main fiber, similar to like how cotton is like in a blend of almost every single type of shirt out there <laughs> so it's gonna be like the new cotton or yeah new- yeah i mean it's cheaper to grow than cotton takes like six times less water um and it's also like you can grow it anywhere you don't have to just grow it in super humid hot climates so huh. yeah it's so a- it kind of is uh the the you know, i don't even know what cliche to try to use but an amazing plant <laughs> it really <laughs> that, is yeah um yeah, there's so many different uses out there that people have come up with. I mean, from turning it into carbon fire fiber to um, using it to create bioplastics. There's a startup out of Australia that's that's uh, been approaching that and trying to figure out how to take that to scale. And that would, you know, like you have biodegradable hemp plastic. You, you don't have, you know, the giant garbage patch in the yeah. middle of the Pacific Ocean. So, so now I feel like... Um what little I knew, I, I what I little I thought I knew, I know even less. Um, so now I like I have even more questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna take another quick commercial break while I try to gather uh, questions that I don't sound as stupid as they would have been before I realized I knew nothing. Uh, so we'll be back in a moment. The Uncapped Podcast is brought to you by District East. A lot of Friday and Saturday afternoons, you'll find me at District East for their weekly beer tastings. District East is part of the local beer community, and they get limited releases and exclusive beers that are hard to find anyplace else. This is why I chose District East for the release of my collaboration beers. One of my favorite things to do at District East is building a custom six-pack. With over 900 beers on their shelves and new beers every week, District East is a great place to find beers I love and to discover new and hard-to-find ones. They also have eight beers on tap for Crowler and Growler fills, and they have kegs to go. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. All right, so is then, are there other differences, or is, like, for something to be hemp, it just had you said 0.03. So hemp in, in marijuana is a distinction made by legal okay. language, pretty much. Um, um, hemp is everything that isn't um, 
that is 0.3 or less percent THC that is cannabis sativa, the plant. Okay. Whereas, like, if it's above 0.3%, it's marijuana. Okay. Cannabis or medical but, marijuana. But or, purely just from a marketing standpoint. No matter what, it is always cannabis sativa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all, it's, that's the one plant. <laughs> so. I don't know why I'm so confused. <laughs> Maybe I should have drank more beer first. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, now, would you then be able to consume CBD by smoking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that as a company, as Wander, we really want to approach and do it in, like, a really smart, like, accessible, fun way for people. Because, like... When you smoke it, you're not going to get, you know, you're going to get your calming effect. But, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get high in any case. Yeah, it has zero hallucinogenic properties to it because that, that's yeah. all from the THC, right? Yeah, so C- THC would be like the mind-altering version of a cannabinoid. Okay. And there's a couple other ones too. But um, CBD is just, it's also mind-altering. It's not like 0% mind-altering, but it's just calming. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, there's there's a growing market for that right now. I mean, the genetics in hemp have not been anywhere close to as expertly bred as, you know, the THC side of things. Because, I mean, there's some just absolutely masterful, intelligent people who have bred some absolutely ridiculous <laughs> cannabis out in well, yeah, California. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of motivation to do it even before it was legalized. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you were still going to reap the benefits of your uh, research. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's catching up on the hemp side. So so then what what is the difference between CBD that you would get? Um, now I feel like I'm, gonna, we're, I'm just going to throw this podcast to be completely disjointed but (laughs) (laughs) so what is the difference between the cbd that i would go to get at a dispensary as opposed to what i can get from you uh nothing molecularly is the same exact molecule okay yeah and which i kind of always thought um so really the where you would see a difference is what you can buy at wander as opposed to what they have at 7-eleven yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Which is one of the reasons, like, I feel like um, there is so much education behind CBD because I feel like it's like a con man's paradise at this point. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Your classic snake oil. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, it's like one of the reasons why I wanted to start wandering with my partners is because, like, there is so much room to be able to create the experience of like leveraging the full power of CBD and some of its like close uh, cousin cannabinoids to, you know, better people's lives. And it's so non-invasive. It has like little to no side effects and it can help with such a wide scope of issues. Like I'm not going to come on here and say it's the cure all of all cure alls, but it helps. And it helps a lot of people, you know, solve some issues. And that's why we do it every day. So I would definitely put myself in the thinking it was a snake oil mm-hmm. um, at, at one point. But I have a really jacked up knee that then usually throws my back out. And, every, and I was going to be working 
all weekend for um, a beer festival type thing that Uncapped was putting on. Mm -hmm. And I was convinced I would be crippled by, by the end of that weekend because it just because I was helping all the breweries carry the kegs back and forth, standing on concrete uh, slab for 10 hours a day. Uh, but it was at the Mother Earth News Fair where, where I were, where this was, and there was a guy selling CBD there. And he gave me a water bottle that had, because um, they're, so you um, do all oils. For, we, we do oils and topicals, and we're slowly expanding out from And there. so they're, um, what I was really hesitant about there, so I'm glad he just gave me something to start out because it it, it checked off a lot of buzzwords, <laughs> 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 like micro tech, like nanotechnology, oh, na- nano encapsulator, yeah, yeah nano like all emulsion, those yeah. <laughs> things. So it's like as he's talking to me, I'm like, you're using a lot of buzzwords. <laughs> I'm starting to not believe a word you're saying. <laughs> but he gave me a bottle of it, and like I made it like through for a few hours. And not had not only was I not in more pain, like I felt better. Mm-hmm. And they gave me another one. I woke up the next day feeling great. Mm-hmm. So I instantly um, bought a bunch of it from him. And then I had run out. And then like all of a sudden, like every joint, my shoulder and everything started hurting again. And then I ran into you at McClintock. We bought a bottle of that and I felt great again. Yeah. Um, I need to make it downtown cause I've run out again and hurt uh, now. Like, it was even to a point where there were, there were days where like for some reason I, like I forgot to take some in the morning or cause with the buzzword bottles, um, <laughs> I would, I would always put that in my coffee in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, my wife would even be like, you didn't take any CBD today, did you? Cause she said like, I just yeah. acted different from the like, because I was in pain and mad mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was in the same boat as you when I'm for, and I've you know been around this industry for a long time. So it just tells you how new it is. I mean, it was probably about two years ago when I like got introduced to CBD only extracts and um, oils and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it took me probably like five or ten times to like, because I'm like inherently skeptical. Yeah. So oh, I don't believe anyone most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I need at least like three tries of like success for <laughs> me to believe in this. Um, so I I was just messing around with it and just like seeing like, because I, I played like high-end rugby for almost a decade. And, you know, that's just just grinds your body yeah. to a pulp. You have all the nice aches and pains. To yeah. <laughs> Cold pop discs in my back, you know, yeah. dislocated shoulders, <laughs> tendons that aren't as tight as they should be. Uh, um, well, like I don't have an ACL. Oh, there you so, go. Like, so like, I know that pain yeah. and that is, like, that pain goes away when I'm, ta- I'm taking CBD regularly. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I get, really got introduced to it is I have uh, two pop discs in my lower back and I have sciatic pain. Um, and I was having a flare-up, which just happens every once in a while. It's, like, kind of random. Um, and it was for, like, a week straight, and I kept on trying this rub that I got from uh, a holistic doctor down in D.C., and it eventually ended up just, like, like I was just, like, fine, and I didn't even notice it, and I forgot that I had a <laughs> flare-up. 
And then I was just like, it stopped taking it. I was just like, huh, it came back. Then I rubbed it on again and it went away. And I was like, huh, this stuff might not, <laughs> might See, actually I, work. <laughs> I don't find the um, the rub to work quite as much as ingesting it orally. Mm. Is that pot, like, is it just work differently for different people? Yeah, or? generally. Um, everyone has like a kind of like a different thing that works best for them. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because that's kind of like, if, if we expand the scope to cannabis at large, that's kind of how it is. Yeah, because like I, there's been people that got CBD on my recommendation and it didn't help them. Mm-hmm. And but they like, I, so I don't know if it was not the right con. Like so, uh, um, are there different types or like so? So with that, there are different ways and thoughts on like how you should formulate a product, um, which we subscribe to one of them. I mean, our products are uh, a combination of herbal extracts in uh, CBD or hemp extracts. Um, whereas some people it's just MCT and CBD or, you know, they're just kind of like just trying to put CBD in like whatever we're like, we're, <clears throat> what we like to do is like, we like to really think about, like what it is that makes, you know, cannabis at large work the best and then why we should put these herbal extracts. So with the one that you got, there's lemon, there's grapefruit and there's lavender essential oils, which one, they like, you know, improve the experience of actually like tasting it. Yeah. It's not, it's not awful. Yeah. I won't say, I won't go as far as saying it tastes great. No, no, But It's not like the other kind I had, I, I put it in my coffee because it was awful. Like <laughs> yeah. it was unbearable to yeah. uh, to ingest any other way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but in those essential oils, there's these compounds called terpenes. And um, when you've been around cannabis for a long time, the different strains that you hear about, they're different strains because they're made up of different levels of those compounds. Like, you think about like super lemon haze it's almost all lemonine and pinene which are two uplifting that's a sativa so it's going to give you energy and it's going to like <clears throat> kind of brighten your mood a little bit and it's not going to be as heavy as like some of the, like the couch lock indicas but so we applied that to cbd and by doing that we also introduced lavender too which is linalool which linalool is a, like a sedative uh aromatic compound um and by combining those all together we we basically have increased the uh uh the efficacy or the efficiency of cbd by introducing some of the compounds that are originally with it in the plant um and we've been doing that a lot with some of the other products that we've had on the drawing board too where we want to like a lot of, like, what we're trying to do is trying to kind of, like, limit the scope of, like, what people understand CBD to be. Like, having, like, a sleep-specific oil that we put, you know, herbal extracts in that are designed to assist you to go to sleep. You know, like, what, chamomile or, like, so like that or? Uh, it's the chief extract in there is valerian root. Okay. Which is, is it's like a really old remedy. Um 
And uh, what it does is it doesn't, like, knock you out. It's not like melatonin where, like, melatonin straight up knocks you out. I love melatonin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it calms you down enough where you can go to sleep quicker, you can stay asleep better, and you don't have that melatonin hangover that you would. I definitely have a hangover after I take some. (laughs) (laughs) And also the CBD works in conjunction with that and a couple of the other uh, extracts that we put in there to kind of improve the experience overall. So you don't have to take as much CBD, which I mean, there's no like problem with taking too much, but like, yeah, from what I understand, like there's, there's no negative to taking more and more other than you're spending more and more money needlessly. Yeah. That one, your body can only absorb so much at Mm -hmm. a time. Yeah. Also the, like if you were to, you know, ingest an insane amount, I mean, the everything has a toxic dose, right? Yeah, yeah. the toxic, I mean, water has a toxic dose. Yeah, exactly. So, so like if you were to take a critical amount of CBD, I don't think you could actually like be able to consume that much. <laughs> I I seriously like don't think it's possible because I think for like an average human being, it'd be around 40 or 50 grams of pure isolated CBD, which is, you know, like eating that much powder. It's the size of a fist. Yeah, so you'd, pr- you'd probably end up throwing up first or have some other. <laughs> or just give up. Or, <laughs> um, so now, and please, if I, um, if I say something that's completely wrong, don't be gentle about it. Just like, no, you're just wrong, Chris. Um, the, if I understand like the of products that are sold, uh, there are two they they can fit into two care categories where there's broad spectrum and isolated. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? So a lot of those terms are marketing terms. I mean, I hate that. <laughs> so there's full spectrum, there's broad spectrum, and then there's isolate. Okay. We chose to use isolate with ours. Um, and I can get into that a little later, but I'll explain what they all mean. Yeah. Uh, full spectrum means that it's it basically you use the solvent to create a crude oil, which is, we call it crude oil. It's not the most appetizing thing, but <laughs> um, that just means it's it's like you basically strip the plant with whatever solvent you're using, and then it just ends, kept and then you you take okay. the solvent out, and then that's it. It's crude. Um, broad spectrum is you normally either take that crude and run it through remediation, which I hope no one's doing cause it's not the cleanest way to do it, but, uh, or you run it through a, a pass on a, a machine called a short path or a white film, um, evaporator, which is the distillation machine that I was talking about earlier. Um, and by doing that, like you, you one, you strip out some of the other compounds in there and you purify it. So it's higher potency. Um, normally is a little bit more expensive. And then after that, there's a couple more steps you go through. And then to get to isolate, you basically, have you ever seen honey? Yeah. Like when it crystallizes? Yeah. So that's the same thing that isolate is. You're basically creating like a super saturated solution. And because compounds just want to be crystals this is the most stable form of nature like if you super saturate it beyond its point of super saturation it'll start precipitating out and okay. then you'll get those crystals forming kind of like how honey does if you live leave it on your shelf for you know enough time <laughs> okay yeah 
So then, so that would be the, that's the isolated CBD that's dropping out as crystals. Yeah. And then, then you, what do you have to do to it then? So then you, you use it as a raw material to manufacture. So you can use any of those to manufacture. We chose isolates because one, we're in a government or an area where, you know, we're pretty, almost everyone here works for the government in some capacity. Yeah. Um, Oh, so, so you you limit the risk of getting any of that tri- by isolating it. Yeah, there's zero no THC. T- oh, okay, and it's like chemically impossible for THC to crystallize. Okay, so by doing that, we're making sure that we're not gonna like set off anybody or ruin anybody's you know job situation yeah. by wanting to try CBD, which is you know unfortunately a common thing because of the state of this industry and yeah. the lack of regis- regulations and stuff. So, but That's great, this I feel good because now we finally covered something I fully understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, like full spectrum in my mind, like. I think full spectrum is great, but legally I can't do what I think is real full spectrum. Full spectrum to me is one-to-one THC to CBD with other cannabinoids in there with the original terpenes from the plant in there. But you have to extract it in a specific way, which is something that we're working to as a company. Um, And to do that, I mean, you, you can't just, you know, buy full spectrum from anyone because i mean you really don't there's not enough regulation there's not enough disclosures there's a lot of like you know people hiding what they're doing and you know not being fully outright with like their processes and all that kind of stuff um and we just really want to be honest with what we're doing too so I mean, like how the reason why we're in business is because we want to one you know elevate kind of like a higher end version of CBD, but also at the same time is like, we want to build brand equity and trust with, you know, our customer base because like we want to be the people that the company that people come to, to like figure out about this new stuff that's coming down the line. Or what about CBG, which is another, this the next CBD. CBG? Uh, CBG. Yeah. Cool. Another thing I don't understand and know about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, we're actually like, thinking about in the future, kind of like getting away from all the, the acronyms and kind of just being like, Oh, this is what it does. Like we've built the trust with yeah, you. Make your own brand name and yeah. have a, just like what it does, you know, yeah. a list of what it'll fix or yeah. the effects that it will have instead of, I couldn't find, I couldn't think of the word effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and by doing that, I mean like we're working towards a, a vertical of like, being able to one like have our own retail experience, also layer on a you know our e-commerce experience on top of that, which is like you come into the store to get to know us, and then you don't have to like actually come see us ever again if you don't want to. Yeah, because I mean like everyone orders off of Amazon, so we're we're trying to like make it as convenient as possible where you can get a subscription and you know. Um, We'll check in with you, make sure you're getting exactly what you want, not more, not less, and that kind of thing. Um, do you offer that now? Uh, no, we're that? working okay. towards it. We're, we're rebuilding our, our platform okay. right now. Because that's attractive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, if you can come in and, like, get a, uni- a unique experience every once in a while in the store, yeah. and then you don't have to, like, 
go actually buy something. I mean, that's how I liked it. Well, I, mean, it's <laughs> like, I, 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 I am out because the, just finding the time to run downtown is can sometimes be impossible. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> too busy now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we're going to take uh, one final commercial break, and then I have a couple questions you about your – I think you named it your dream uh, – I can't remember the exact phrase, but the one, the one-to-one mixture. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back in a minute. I'm excited to announce our newest sponsor, Vanish Farmwoods Brewery. Vanish is a brewery and entertainment complex located on a 62-acre hops and apple farm in Luckett's, Virginia. Just 20 minutes from Frederick, Maryland and Leesburg, Virginia. With over 20 beers on tap, a selection of wines and ciders, along with multiple food options, there is something for everyone. Vanish has live music on Saturdays and Sundays and a wide variety of special events. Go to VanishBeer.com for information on everything they have to offer. So, though, if you if you had that one-to-one ratio, though, would that product then get you high? Or would it, it would, have the It mind? would in a like a little bit but i mean so cbd and thc kind of like are like yin and yang in a way we're like if you you know were to smoke like pure thc like in a vape cart right and then you were to smoke a cartridge with cbd in it the cbd would actually counteract the, the high and like bring it down kind of okay. like subtract some of the negatives out. um which is cool because like when I think of, like, the future of where all this is going, it's, like, you're going to have flour that has, like, you know, 2 to 3% of everything in it. Like, entered, like, 10 cannabinoids here. So, is that why um, they they talk about, like, that uh, weed now – and what, what is the cool term now? Is it, is it still weed? Cause I, weed, I okay. cannabis. <laughs> it depends on who you're what, talking to. What, really. are the ki- what do the kids call it nowadays? Vape carts? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, like, uh, during the hippie era, like, the weed they were smoking then was very different than what you would illegally get now because they're th- – that the um, – there was so much more THC uh, in yeah. in modern weed. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a much different high than what p- the hippies were getting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's why you always hear like whenever you hear uh, um, an old timer um, talk about weed today, they're just like, "Man, I I can't even smoke that." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've bred. Bred the plant for one single purpose, THC content. And I think we've literally, I don't know if it's genetically possible to breed it past its current T. I mean, I've seen like some plants have up to 35%, 36% THC, which is 35 to 36% by weight. Okay. So it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like one gram, you have, you're holding, if it's 35%, you're holding about a third of a of a gram of THC in your hand. Okay. It's kind of it's a lot. <laughs> um so I, th- I I've never been in a dispensary, but I've watched uh Kevin Smith do live streams. Oh yeah. <laughs> from <laughs> from once in the first time he went to Colorado. Um so like when you go to a dispensary that like you can can you buy it by like the percentage of THCs it's in it? Is no, it, you you buy it by weight. 
But okay. I mean, like the generally the more potent it is, the more expensive it'll be. Okay, but the um, the different strains and stuff though, that do they does is that one of the differences between them? The varying yeah. amount, like the mixture of THC and CBD, or is it more it's, complicated than that? It's THC, CBD, but generally not as much. But with the different strains, you're getting into different terpenes, which are another class of compounds in the plant okay there's quite a few i won't get into it it's, it gets into like like chemistry terms which a lot of people glaze over at but <laughs> so we did we did an entire episode with there is a chemistry professor at mount st mary's that uh does a lot of research with hop terpenes oh yeah there and, you go um very similar he very much confused me like he was way smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> but he brought up how um so like the cannabis industry is really helping with learning about hops yeah because the the plants being so close in together that all the money being put into researching cannabis and all the, the terpenes with them and is directly relatable to hop cultivation and yeah. everything they're learning about hops. So just as like a blanket statement, cannabis is thrusting botanical research and extraction and understanding forward in a way that like, I don't know if it's ever happened at this rate and speed. Well, I guess there's, there's, Cause there's probably never been a plant that profitable, legal <laughs> to to sell. So there's there there's enough money to put uh, R and D money yeah. back into it. Yeah, I mean, like my the CSR I talked about earlier. His name's Adam Cavalier. He's an he's an awesome dude. Um, but he's a, a biochemist whose main interest was ethnobotany. So he's crossed over from, um, you know, having – he actually researched hops. Okay. As, I think he was part of his thesis for uh, his PhD or something like that. But he actually researched hops, and then it, he was just like, oh, cannabis is almost the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But also, I mean, like, you see people coming from all different angles at it, too. I mean, just the, the – um, just the sheer s- scope and – quantity of research that comes out like regularly like there's a class another class of compounds called flavonoids and uh it's like basically flavonoids is flavor flavor they interact with your tongue and create different sensations um but there's two compounds that uh university in canada i think is the university of toronto just did a study on found that canaflavin a and b which are the two ones that they tested or 30 times more potent milligram to milligram than any uh, NSAID or be like aspirin or Tylenol or they're, they're that much more potent, which is like exponentially more potent. (laughs) It's a, so there's just so much that we don't know Yeah, in herbal medicine in general. I think, I think cannabis is like the first step in the door for like an entire influx. Like actually going back to where medicine used to be instead of. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's that's part of the mission of wander really is like to one, like, you know, be a part of this insanely fast growing industry. That's infinitely interesting. Um, It's nice that it's like a 
a profitable industry to be a part of, but also like we're more interested in like the, the, what it can do, like where, where it's going to go because like every day there's something new. So at, um, at what stage do you start the process? Are, are you, are you buying just regular hemp and then, or, or are you starting at the isolation? Like? So, so we're starting at, at the uh, extract and okay. we're manufacturing right now. Our, our business models to build from market back. So we're building, you know, our retail and, you know, our, our market for our products. And then we've moved back to the manufacturing stage and then we're moving back to the processing stage. Cause that's where my real expertise yeah. is. Um, and then from there, we're also going to move back into actual cultivation at some point. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're at, we're at the, the manufacturing stage. Okay, right cool. Yeah. Um, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be at the processing stage. So you're, you're moving just as fast as the rest of the industry. Yeah, you have to. You get left behind. Okay. I mean, I'm glad that we waited this long because the, the technology that is now currently out the versus six to... months ago is, like, way more – is, like, way better suited to, like, what we're trying to do. Okay. Um. So another big question I had was – the, the CBD I had taken previously that had all the nano buzzwords and stuff, What what is the difference between that and um, – because yours does not have those buzzwords and mm. stuff. So what's the, what's the difference? One, we don't feel like we need to do that, say that market our products like that. We, we're ex- essentially creating an experience with our products. Like – like if we were selling anything else, it'd be the same way. We're not yeah. gonna like you know, uh, I don't know, a good example right now. But um, well, Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, before Starbucks, coffee was a cheap commodity. Yeah. And then it came along and built an experience around a premium product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we want to do that, and like it goes into the packaging experience. This, this, this. Um, but also like, so to like kind of drill in and. Uh, yeah, I answer meant, that direct. That yeah, like from directly. the the technology standpoint of like the nanoparticles as opposed to an. Like, so yours would yours be classified as an oil, and then there's nanoparticles. So we're ours is basically a infused oil. Okay. That we formulate and then get tested and make sure that everything checks out. Um, but. So what you're referring to is a process called nano encapsulation. Yes, that was that I do remember that. There's oh. also nano emulsions and then liposomal emulsion emulsions. They're all different and there is no like real research into like them actually being more bioavailable besides it, you know, mixing in with water. Yeah. A little easier than their, so their claim was that your body can absorb it better like that. Well, the, but I, I mean, I didn't experience any difference between taking theirs and taking the um, infused. That, so that's the problem with the, the education. Because if you ask any, like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, misrepresent myself as a, you know, a trained chemist of any sort. Oh, but, this guy definitely. Was. I mean, I can't, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm bad mouthing them. They definitely had a product that absolutely worked. I just wish there hadn't been all the buzz yeah. and stuff. Like. 
Because it makes you, it doesn't make you feel like yeah, awesome it, to buy it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, so thankfully, like there was also a woman there who had, I think, more of a science background that, yeah. I, like, I ended up talking to that talked without all of the buzzwords. But the guy I was originally talking, there's no way that he, <laughs> he would. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super common in this this industry, which unfortunately that's how it is. But um, but yeah, I mean. To like kind of like answer that question is just like I honestly don't really see that it's that much more bioavailable. I would love to like hear the thoughts of of like some like fairly large scale studies. Um, but I mean, if I've worked with tons of people from um, the pharmaceutical world who've done a lot of novel drug discovery and mm-hmm. um, created their own techniques that they then patent and then license out and so like um I've, I've always used them as references to like kind of like reinforce because i'm essentially like a practitioner you know um and i'd refer to people who have like the more of the like granular analytical knowledge to kind of inform some of my ways of thinking yeah um and i i've asked quite a few of them and they're just all like no it doesn't work <laughs> That's not how it works. It wouldn't. The molecules are too too big to fit through the blood uh, the blood brain barrier. So, um, oh, so the claim for that is that it it's absorbed a different way than if it's yeah. in. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, which I mean, there's just not enough research into this yeah. this compound yet to know granularly how it works the entire way it goes through your body. Um, but. On the flip side of that, because that might sound scary to some people, on the flip side of that, I mean, you know, there's an overwhelming um, level of anecdotal evidence that it's great for whoever needs it for any yeah. specific reason. I mean, even the National uh, Arthritic Foundation just came out and said something along the lines of 80% of the people who we surveyed who view CBD have found that it relieves their, their symptoms in a pretty significant fashion. And we are writing a letter to the FDA today to urge them to one, create a very smart and well done pathway for companies like us to be able to do this and be able to do, do it in a way formal studies. And yeah, like kind of like let's grow up as an industry type of deal. Yeah. Because I think that's um, one of the biggest fears I had from ever trying it was that this, like you referred to it as a snake oil thing, was that I I didn't want to buy something from some place that I I couldn't talk to anyone behind it, yeah, that I can get a feel that I wasn't that there wasn't just a ton of crap thrown into a bottle saying here this is going to do great and then the next thing I know I have an ulcer or some. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the other day, I mean, my sister, um, who tests out all of our products and gives very honest feedback, <laughs> um, she was she is like really interested in just like all the different products that are out there. So she'll just like buy some randomly. And she's, she's also um, an expert in beauty and makeup and basically all things that involve making yourself look better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she was trying a product and it actually, you know, inflamed her face more. Oh, 
which is like the opposite of what yeah you want. she it was it was like a mild inflammation but it's just like like there was no ingredient on there that she could point to saying that that would you know cause her face any kind of inflammation yeah i mean in 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 some level it's even scarier with all the like the vape um oh yeah stuff in the, in the news now where like when you buy vape juice you have no idea what's in that so like, it adds that extra like an unregulated market is great from some aspects until there's dishonest people that are also in that market yeah so um um so on the vape thing that's definitely something that me i'm a part of this group of of extractors who i'm fortunate to have the the ability to like uh, be a part of this community but we just basically open source knowledge back and forth to each other um and you contribute and then you you know you get things that solve problems and pretty much just make you you know be able to like do things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do um, and we've been talking about vapes for at least like eight months now. <laughs> yeah. I, and we've actually called out a couple companies, one being True Terpenes, one being uh, <laughs> um, a couple others too, who just have like not been honest throughout the entire process of what they're putting in. And it's maddening because it, you know, the last thing the cannabis industry can afford right now is, you know, a scandal like, like the vaping crisis. Yeah. I mean, there's. I was just reading today. There's more than 800 people who have you know similar symptoms, and it's only going to grow over time. Yeah, it's time. like up to nine deaths, I think, like seven, seven, seven to nine. I can't remember what it yeah. is, but way more than than there should be. Yeah, yeah, and it's just unfortunate. It's just a couple of bad actors who, you know, driven by profit, as you know, kind of like similar to like some of the snake oil salesmen we were talking about earlier, just driven by profit and just like you know, not making great products and just selling them just because they can. Yeah. Um, so can, it can be, you, CBD can make, be made topically. Um, what, so if you, if you use a topical cream, is that only going to affect the area that you're yeah. applying it to? Okay. Yeah. Whereas if you're ingesting it, it it's more whole affect- body. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you can vape it. You even know we're just talking about how. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably avoid that. <laughs> just, just for my sanity sake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you vape it. You can smoke it. You can, uh, you can drink it. You can eat it. Um, yeah. So we're we're looking at all of those different forms because everybody has a different way they like to do their thing. So. Um, right now, though, you only have. Do you only have the topical and the um, oils? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, and we're developing products in all of those categories I just uh, mentioned. We're just figuring out the right time to release them. Can you legally have a uh, edible in Maryland, though? I, th- I thought for some reason like that, or is that just so a they THC c- one? You can if it has THC. THC, yeah. The health department in Maryland came out and said that you can't have it in food and Bev, but they haven't very clearly said anything in particular about what that means. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, it's more like, like, is that a food and Bev establishment or is that a bar? Is that this? Is that that? So, um, everyone has been very clear that you cannot put it in beer. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, one of the cool things too, um, that we've been interested in trying out with, um, um, a brewery somewhere is dry hemping beer in some capacity, which because of how CBD would be extracted, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get extracted in the process. But what you get is the terpenes that, um, that are naturally present in hops, but it would be probably radically different than your standard dry yeah. hopped or dry hemped beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. The, the raw material that's being processed, is that a flower? Is that yeah. like a fibrous stalk or it's a flower. Okay. So flower, like... flower has the, the greatest concentration of cannabinoids on the plant. Okay. They're in, I can go into it, but it's like the fruit of it is like this little stalk with a little bulb on it and it has basically like cannabinoid juice inside. Okay. So best way to describe it. <laughs> so it, I mean, it's basically the same as like a bud, the, like, like, uh, the same flat type. Does it look the those, same those as little, like, yeah, like the, as what you would smoke? Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. That's, that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. So the actual, so let me see if I can piece together what you've said in different chunks. So you take that, you put it in a solvent. Yeah. So there's, I'll, I'll just go into the different solvents. There's hydrocarbon, which is probably the, the least desirable at this stage, except if you're doing like boutique, uh, high end extracts. Um, then there's supercritical and subcritical CO2, which is kind of like getting a good rep, but it's pretty inefficient. The technology just isn't complete at all, in my opinion. Okay. I've done a lot of CO2 work. I've done a lot of hydrocarbon work, too, but I know CO2, like, backwards and forwards. Um, and then there's um, ethanol. Ethanol is, as you probably know, the alcohol that we all drink all the time. Yeah. Um, just purified to 95 to 99%. And then how we specifically do it is we cool it down to, like, a pretty – pretty frigid temperature which allows us to extract a, exactly what we want because of the selection of the solvent okay um and then the fourth one which is i think the funnest and also it's really cool um <laughs> <laughs> is uh called rosin which you basically use heat and pressure it's basically like if you had like a hydraulic clamp okay you just pump it down and then you just like squeeze juice out of <laughs> <laughs> And if you do enough at a time, it just like water falls down. It's pretty. It's pretty rad. <laughs> so, which way are you producing it? Uh, so, when once we're we have our facility up and running, we be doing ethanol. We do some solventless too. Okay. Um, I would like to do CO two, but the technology's not there. Um, and then um, we'd uh, capture our hydrocarbons or not our hydrocarbons, our uh, aromatics in a different way. Should it's going to be pretty cool. So are, are you using the, the same exact type of equipment that um, a dispensary would use, like your like typical medical dispensary would use for products with THC in them? So no, not necessarily because we're not bogged down by like kind of some of the crazier um, uh, regulations that they are. Oh, okay, so you have you have more freedom. Than yeah. what, what the for better for legal worse, marijuana yeah. industry would have. Yeah. I mean, I would really like to see regulations. I mean, honestly, like, I think it would 
you know, it would really discourage some of the bad actors out there who are like giving CBD, you know, not a, a sterling name. Yeah. Um, and because like, I mean, personally, I mean, I've been working with regulators in different states for I don't know, three years, four years now. So, um, I think it would be, it would like one, give a lot of credibility to the industry, kind of like quell some of the, the nervousness that some people have that can really benefit from using some of these, yeah. these products out there. And, and two, it'll really like, you know, cause like cannabis is like probably the most heavily regulated crop ever. <laughs> so if it's it like, is. if hemp like could like, like, be regulated to a point where it's like not going to suffocate out the industry, but it's still just like, all right, only the people who really care about what they're doing and like will create good products and always, you know, follow like good manufacturing practices and, you know, set up the facilities for like really high quality uh, procedures and standard operating procedures and stuff like that. Then, um, then I think we'll see this industry really explode. Are there uh, hemp farms in Maryland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's some not too far from here. But you have to have a special license to be able to grow it, correct? Uh, you just have to have a research agreement with a university. Okay. But after this year, anyone can grow hemp. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be one of the reasons why we actually decided to base the company out of Frederick. Besides the fact that uh, I'm from here and another the, one of the co-founders is from here, um, is because this is such a rich agricultural area that um, there's a lot of like really talented farmers around yeah. here, and, and they're looking for ways to save their farms. Yeah, and then That's, the Department of Ag at <laughs> at uh, at both the state and and the county level here are really into it. I mean. Like, I was expecting it, there to be a lot of, like, pushback. We'd have mm -hmm. to fight for it. But, I mean, it's, like, the state of Maryland is, like, really receptive to, like, how to build the program. They want the farmers to basically build the program for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, because I think like, we're kind of limited what we can grow in Maryland, right? Because of the soil and the climate. Like, I don't, like, there's not a wide range of crops that... Well, Maryland, no, I, I should just stop because I don't know anything about farming. <laughs> you can actually grow a ton of stuff in Maryland. Okay. Well, profitable Be stuff. Um, so Maryland's part of the, the tobacco belt or the northernmost part of the tobacco belt. Okay. The tobacco belt used to be like a hemp belt. Source. I don't know if you've ever been driving around here, but you see like Gene Hemp Road and Hempstead Road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hemp boulevard and all that stuff is because hemp used to be grown here oh okay i i never put thought of it now that makes complete sense yeah <laughs> you do you see that all the way down to the carolinas and then to kentucky and then back up it's like a little triangle okay yeah i think this area will will be like the northernmost part um i think pennsylvania will do a lot of growing of hemp but i think really it'll be from here to Kentucky and then over to but the I think Carolinas I remember you telling me like it's an extremely profitable crop to grow. Like, right. Way more profitable than most other. Yeah, I'd put it on par with like like some of the most uh, expensive berries and fruits and okay. that kind of thing out there. But like cheaper it, to grow. Cheaper to grow. It's a little easier. <laughs> you don't have to like tend to it as much. Um, to grow it really well is hard, but 
if you do do that, like you're not going to be short on money ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, especially as the industry is as a whole continues to explode. Well, if you think about it, I mean, like, like we're at the beginning of what's going to be a global industry. Like who knows what's two years from now is going to look like, let alone next year. Um, you know, Australia is coming online. New Zealand just passed a vote. Mexico is about to legalize, you know, Canada federally legalized first. And, yeah. and you see how, how big the companies are up there. Um, so with that too, I mean, like, like if some of these farmers like get in and learn how to do it, I mean, like who's to say that they couldn't be consultants for, you know, the French cannabis industry or. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause we still, we're pretty close on the front end of the rest of the world so we yeah we are here (laughs) people here will become the the experts by the time yeah that makes sense too yeah and um that's one of the really cool things about being a part of the industry at this stage and like just like happening into it it's like it makes me really appreciative about being, being a part of it so is there anything that i haven't brought up or asked that i should have considering I know so little. Well, I mean, that's a Pandora's box, right? Yeah. Um, We may end up having to do a round two. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, like, we spend, like, all day talking about it. And, like, what we're, I guess, like, as a company, what we're trying to figure out is how we can distill all what we know down into stuff that's understandable by someone who has zero zero knowledge yeah. at all in how they can understand it very easily. So that's like one of our missions as a company. I have no input on how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning trial by fire. <laughs> Has it been a struggle uh, like from to educate or sway people from misinformation they've received or, cause I know the first thing I, anytime I bring up CBD is our, like, how do you function? Like, just like people automatically just assume that you get high from it. So well, I, I imagine that's the first thing you have to dispel. Well, one of the cool things about our experience thus far is like, once we kind of people realize that we know a ton and we've been around this industry for, for forever is like, they feel a lot of relief. <laughs> <laughs> that they are talking to someone who can like answer their questions finally. And um, that's something we just want to always be able to do for people. It's just like be that kind of company that like, oh, come to us if you like have any idea of like what you don't know. Yeah. So. Well, maybe when I actually know something, I'll have better questions and we can do a round two. Um, but for now, we're going to end with a shot of some hop-infused whiskey. Oh. So, actually, that leads to a question. So, we made this by putting um, the hops in the gin basket at McClintock oh, and cool. vapor-infusing the hops d- during the distillation. Would there be – would you pull anything out or gain any benefit from doing that same thing with hemp? Would no. So there's no be vapor half, infusion. Yeah, so in order for that to happen, you'd have to like really, you'd have to put a vacuum on the, the still. Okay. 
which there are like there is vapor distillation like i guess is yeah they they do some vapor distillation don't they they no they, they don't s- like they oh they do steam distillation or it's pressure pressure distillation i don't know there's some kind of like real expensive but super efficient yeah. form of distillation that um like only super large distilleries do but yeah. i think it's pressure distillation I don't, I'll stop. Once again, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I just stopped saying things. <laughs> I, I was recently told um, that I, I, I don't have the quote just right, but it was that um, I uh, that they love how unafraid I am to not look dumb or something. Like <laughs> 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 I, how unafraid I am to ask a stupid question, or I'm like, oh, hey, hey thanks. <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> no, how that um, I'm not afraid of being wrong, or like how, they, yeah. they admire how unafraid I am at being wrong. <laughs> hey, that's high praise, yeah, in my opinion. That's like I'm not sure if you're uh, if you're giving me a compliment or not. <laughs> I try to pride myself on asking <laughs> stupid questions in situations where I just like eh, I just want to know. <laughs> um. So thank you so much for. Uh, coming out and sharing your knowledge with us and um tolerating my stupid questions (laughs) anytime (laughs) Uh, thank you everyone for listening cheers cheers uncapped is brought to you with support from mcclintock distilling maryland's first and only organic certified distillery they are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.